It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. Happy Wednesday, Gamecock fans. J.C. Sherbert here with you. Inside the Gamecocks podcast daily report. Uh, don't forget, because it's Wednesday, we'll also have Football Insider with myself and Tony Morrell later. Breaking down a lot of stuff uh, from the Gamecocks. First day of spring practice today on the gridiron. Uh, so we'll talk a lot of football then. I uh, want to talk some basketball, kind of preview tonight's game. Uh, for us here um you know the loss over the weekend hurt because i think it was a another opportunity like i said uh yesterday i thought lsu played really well um sometimes that just happens um so looking at it you know from a reality standpoint and i think that there's there's always when you're on the bubble in college basketball you know the the, the overhyping of a win and the, the overhyping of a loss. And it's just not that simple. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, there's smart people out there and it, it just racks their brain as to, you know, what the committee's looking at. There's a lot of teams in the mix. Get, teams go up, teams go down. Gamecocks did not go down with the two losses last week. They're still, still right there in the net at 63rd uh, and right there on the bubble. Lenardi. And look, Lenardi doesn't bat a thousand, but he bats nine eighty. <laughs> so it's it's a he's pretty good at what he does. So I, I think you know I dismiss some projections out there, but Lenardi, along with Jerry Palm of CBS, are the two good ones that you know I kind of keep an eye on. The Gamecocks are still in the next four out category, which they were before last week. So it's a new week. You've got Georgia and you got Alabama. Uh, Alabama's on the road. Georgia would be a Q three win. They're coming in somewhat hot. Uh, Alabama would be Q1. And Alabama is also in the next four-out category uh, in terms of the Gamecocks. And, you know, I look at the Crimson Tide, and, and I think, yeah, you know, I'm kind of stuck on this this year. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that it's good for the game. Um, I think their net efficiency is really good because they have games where they drill threes. They're a good shooting basketball team. But it doesn't always equate to wins. And... I, you know, I kind of look at, at what they've done win and loss-wise, and I'm just like, I don't know. You know I, don't, I don't know if that's you know, as impressive as maybe what the Gamecocks have done uh, this year. Yet they're still in the mix. Gamecocks are still in the mix. So, anyway, and we'll see. You know, Frank Martin obviously struggled against Alabama, um, particularly for against former coach Avery Johnson. Of course, Nate Oates is now the coach at Bama. So, we'll see what happens Saturday. But first things first, Gamecocks don't win this one tonight. Uh, you can kiss it in the rear goodbye because <laughs> that would be a bad loss. Um, <clears throat> I think even with some wins in their last three, they'd have to go two, three wins in the tournament, I think, to get back on the right side of the bubble or to get on the bubble. Right now they're clinging to the bubble for dear life. But I'll tell you what, if you can survive an 0-2 week uh, and still be on the bubble, then you still got a shot. And as Frank Martin said earlier this week, he likes where they are. So we'll see you know, kind of how that goes. 6.30 p.m. tip-off against the Dogs at Colonial Life Arena. Gamecocks have won seven in a row since Georgia essentially ruined their season in 2015-16 with three wins, uh, and that knocked the Gamecocks out of the NCAA tournament. I think if Carolina gets one of those, uh, they're on the right side of the bubble. Well, since then, the Gamecocks, I don't think, have lost to the Georgia Bulldogs. Seven straight. Uh, the overall series is 58-57 Georgia. So the Gamecocks could tie that one up. Carolina's 34-19 against the Bulldogs in Columbia. 
So, and the last time Carolina played, they got off to a big lead in Athens, 27-5, to and never really were seriously threatened. I think Georgia got it 12 at one point. But uh, Game Pass pretty much beat them good down in Athens. But this is a different team. You know, they had an upset over Auburn. Uh, they've kind of gotten up off the map for Tom Crean. Obviously, and you're going to hear Anthony Edwards' name a lot uh, tonight, they um, have one of the best individual players in the country. And a lot of other good young players that when the supporting cast is there for the dogs, you know, that that's what that's what happened in the game. Carolina played down there. It looked like Georgia just had dead legs. They just didn't look like they wanted to play none of those guys. So Georgia beat Auburn at home, 65-55. Auburn's not a very good road team this year. Um, really good at home, though. And uh, that was a big upset. And then they go to Vanderbilt, you know, the worst team in the league, and win by two. Uh, Jordan Harris uh, is a, another player to keep an eye on for the Bulldogs. I, I think this game's going to come down to what, what it usually comes down to for South Carolina, you know, just looking at the stats and, and seeing how things usually go. You know, South Carolina, when they shoot at a high percentage, especially from three, they can make up for the normal discrepancy on the foul line. When they don't, like LSU, they shot 37% from the field. Um which is not great, and then LSU was 25 for 31 from the line. You know, you're not going to win many games that way. Uh, you know, so the Gamecocks have to go out and shoot the ball well, play defense, don't let Edwards go off, and then the, the rest of the guys start playing well when he played well. Gamecocks did a fantastic job against him in Athens. Um, and win the game, you know, play Carolina basketball. Gamecocks have, you know, done a pretty good job, I, I guess. Well, I guess A&M would be the only – Example of this this year, but the Gamecocks went out to A&M and won by 14, and they came back and, you know, whipped the Aggies pretty good by 20 at home. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is you got to win today and then go into Tuscaloosa and fight your butt off and then fight your butt off against Mississippi State next week, fight your butt off at Vanderbilt. If you win those four, I yeah, I, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I think Carolina would be right there on the bubble heading to Nashville Probably around fifth place in the league, which is you, you, probably a positive because you, you don't get the double bye, but you're playing like the 12th or 13th best team uh, in the tournament uh, in a first-round game. That gives you another win, a neutral court win over somebody. And uh, probably, you know, so if you win the rest, it's 20 and 11 is the mark. It gets you to 21 wins. You know, maybe you finally get off the schneid and, and win another one. Get to Saturday. Uh, and then at that point, I think Carolina could get in. It may be Dayton. They may be the play-in game, uh, you know, just to be honest. But it's an NCAA tournament bid. And that's the goal this year. And, and the Gamecocks definitely need uh, to start making the NCAA tournament. I mean, that that's the next step for this program is, is you know, you've had years where – this team's been pretty good, you know, whether that's the Fogler era, the Odom era, you know, the year under Frank Martin. And, and, and look, I'm going to say two years under Frank Martin because I think the Gamecocks were pretty doggone good um, in 2015-16. I think they were really good last year. They turned it around um, and had a, you know, they, they've kind of solved, if you think about it, they've solved the uh, SEC riddle. I mean, Frank Martin has had double-digit wins in the SEC, and if he gets there this year, it's probably it's four out of five years. That's never happened. Um, so, 
you know, and, and that's been the problem with, with this basketball program for the 30 years, almost 30 years they've been in this league is they haven't been able to solve it. And the SEC, you know, is an up-and-down basketball conference. I mean, you, you don't have – you have Kentucky, and they're going to be good every year. Um, Florida is the next most consistent team in the league. They're going to be good every year. But the rest of them go up and down. And so there's an opportunity, and I've said this till I'm blue in the face, you know, South Carolina has just as good an opportunity as anyone, you know, to be a consistent team, you know, that third consistent team in the league. And, um, you know, people can talk about recruiting all they want. I understand that Frank Martin likes to go find players. I understand the, the you know, the in-state guys tend to look elsewhere. I don't think that's a Frank Martin problem. I think that's a – Gamecock basketball problem. I mean, if you think about the program eroding for a decade, you know, that's a Gamecock basketball problem. You, you know, you, you think back, Dave Odom was able to get guys out of the state. Eddie Fogler certainly was. And I'll say this, Fogler, though, it was a different time, you know, when Fogler was getting everybody from within the state. The AAU coaches didn't have as much. Uh, you know, I guess they were the high school coaches, too, you know, and they would help and Fogler was masterful at building relationships on the high school level and did it the way he did it. You know, why, why did he get out of coaching? He was good enough X's and O's guy. And he got out because, you know, he was about to not get players because you had to play a different type of game. Um, if you think about Odom, you know, he did get guys like Brandon Wallace. Carlos Powell was a good find from within the state. Uh, and then he got, you know, Devin Downey and Zam Frederick. You know, think about this. Georgia Tech I don't think was even that good. And Zam Frederick, a legacy, went there initially before he came back. Devin Downey, of course, went to Cincinnati before he transferred back. So, you know, there are guys that, you know, transferred back under Odom that were in state and really good players and helped horn his first year. But then, you know, after that, it just, you know, it's just been brutal outside of P.J. Dozier and Sedarius Thornwell and, you know, some of the other guys that Frank's gotten in there. But that doesn't change the fact that, you know, you still have to have players. And so you got to have a guy that can go find players. And uh, I thought Dave Odom did a good job of that when he was at Carolina. I mean, Ronaldo Balkman was a heck of a find. And, um, you know, like I mentioned, Carlos Powell uh, from within the state. But, you know, you look at it, you know, Frank Martin, you know, goes to a prep school in Florida to find a kid from East Chicago in Cousinard. Uh, A.J. Lawson was an early graduate from Toronto, Canada, with ties to South Carolina that he worked and got. Um, Mike Coatsar was a, a European guy that was a heck of a find from a school out in Kansas. He's been a four-year starter and playing his bass basketball right now. Um, you know, so, so you look at it. I mean, I think, you know, Frank's done a good job of recruiting regardless of what the numbers say because recruiting is about players and these players have a chance to get to the NCAA tournament this year and to yet again win double-digit games within the league, which is something that just, you know, like I said, it's been a it's been a struggle. You can ask Dave Odom about coaching in the SEC at South Carolina. You know, after he was in the best league in the country at Wake and was competitive most years at Wake, you know, you come to South Carolina, you never have a winning record. And you're losing to teams like Auburn who aren't very good at home late in the year in a critical game. <laughs> you know, and it's just – I don't know why. I don't have the answer. One day, you know, when I retire, I may go find some of these guys and ask them, 
you know, would, you know, write a book about how why South Carolina struggled so badly transitioning into the SEC when, you know, honestly, the, the, the year they joined the league, you know, they were only 18 years removed from being a national power. Um, and 18 years is a long time, but it's not that long of a time. And you saw how quickly Fogler got them competitive in the league and good. And then things changed and then nobody else could figure it out. So, uh, you know, and, and that's what I want to say about Frank Martin and, and, you know, his ability to coach. And, of course, there's all always talk about it. Though, you know, this may be one for eight with NCAA bids. And I, I do think it's important. The next thing that this program has to do, you know, now that they're winning in the league and they've solved their league, is, is get to the NCAA tournament consistently. You know, Frank needs a, a five-year run, sort of like he had at Kansas State. They made the NCAA tournament four out of five years. Uh, and then, of course, he came to South Carolina. You know, they, they need to have that kind of consistency. Nobody else in the league is. So there's still this uh, upward mobility, path of least resistance, whatever you want to call it, with regards to the basketball program. So 6.30 tonight, SEC Network. Again, Gamecocks have won seven straight against the Bulldogs. That's a little scary. Because, you know, basketball, you know, things kind of, you know, things turn around on you quick. Uh, and Georgia's been playing well. They've got two straight wins. It's not a game South Carolina can take lightly. Uh, Gamecast's got to get up off the mat and, and go play their brand of basketball. And, and then, you know, you take your shot against Bama, you take a shot against Mississippi State, take a shot against Vanderbilt. And, you know, you win all three of them. I think that you're in a good spot heading Nashville for the SEC tournament. So it's, it's come to that. It's come to winning out. Um, obviously, I think if you'd asked me heading into the final six, you know, four and two was going to put them right on the bubble. I expected LSU to be a win and add Alabama to be a loss. So if you can make up for it, you know, Alabama's still a Q1 win. And the Gamecocks have four Q1 wins, three on the road. They've got three Q2 wins, and two of those are on the road. So, you know, Carolina's been pretty good on the road this year. They keep saying they're going to value that. I don't know. You know I don't know what the committee's going to be thinking. Um, so we'll see what happens tonight. South Carolina, Georgia, basketball, that's a good thing. Gamecock baseball won last night against North Florida by a run. You know, we'll see what happens this weekend with that group. Uh, some SEC news, Scott Cochran. The famous Scott Cochran, who's the uh, was a strength coach at Alabama for years. You know, you've probably seen his videos. You get fired up watching that. Um, accepted a job as an on-field coach uh, at Georgia, which is kind of unique. Um, you know, Georgia Bulldog fans are pretty happy about that. You know, I'd always heard, I guess, back when Kirby was still at Bama, that Cochran may go with Kirby. When he left, of course, it didn't happen. He got a big raise at Alabama to stay, and now he finally went. So Scott Cochran on the field at Georgia, uh, and it was interesting. I think Andy Staples from The Athletic had something about this that, you know, strength coaches, when you get it, most head strength coaches, um, you don't hear their names for, like, head coach. Um, but we're kind of living in an evolving world where – you know, a lot of guys, you know, the, the head, the, the recipe for a good head coach, you know, people see different things. Um, and I think, you know, you can thank Dabo Sweeney and Ed Orgeron for that because those two guys, 
were not coordinators uh, with big resumes or anything else. They've won national championships, played for them, and built programs. Um, because I think you need so much infrastructure these days with college, um, with the recruiting angle, with uh, PR, with you know whatever you do that relates to winning on the periphery. I think you have to have great organization to be a great head coach. Now, Nick Saban, obviously, winning head coach, NFL guy, won a championship at LSU before he got to Bama. Great organization, you know, and and a guy that's proven it on the field. And and most of your coaches still are going to kind of follow that trend. But I do think we're in a different era. And so Andy Staples, what, what he said was, you know, this is a strength coach. Probably the if you rank strength coaches, he and Tommy Moffitt from LSU are probably the top two in the country. Um, just, you know, when you think about it. Uh, or, or if you were doing a list, I don't, I don't know that you can really do a list of that. But, you know, here's a strength coach that's, that's got a lot of popularity. And maybe he wants to coach the game and be a head football coach one day. So, so this is a path for him to do so. You know, so for Scott Cocker, and I'm happy because it's an opportunity – um, you know, to go to Georgia and do that. You know, I think Georgia, too, I think Kirby's smart at Georgia because he, you know, Kirby's smart. And I said this on the radio in Tuscaloosa today. Like I go on there with Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson every Wednesday morning at 730 Central, um, 830 Eastern. I think you can catch it on the app, the Tide 102.9 app. Um, and they asked me about this, and I said, well, you know, here's the deal. You know, Kirby Smart inherited a 10-win team from Mark Rick. You know, they were unhappy with Mark Rick winning 10, not always winning the division, never beating Bama, That because they were like, well, we need to be Alabama. And, look, they're absolutely right. The University of Georgia should be better than Alabama. I mean, University of Georgia is in a talented state. Uh, it's near one of the big population centers in the south or in the country with Atlanta. Um, you kind of got the whole state to yourself. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just say Georgia Tech is irrelevant because they're not irrelevant, but they're not. You know, it's not like having Auburn or Clemson in your state. Um, you know, they they kind of get to pick and choose who they want. Athens is a semi-famous college town. Uh, you know, you, you, they've got a rabid fan base. I mean, they they got a good stadium. But, you know, so they're absolutely right in that. But, you know, Kirby Smart comes in, and so his job is to get them on par and pass Alabama. Well, that, 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 that ceiling is there. You know, Georgia's still got work to do. That ceiling's there. But the floor is extremely high. <laughs> you know, so – so what do you do? I mean, you know, I mean, because those are the expectations. There were there was grumbling this past year because they won the SEC East again for the third straight time, and no team since Spurrier's Florida Gators in the nineties has done that in the division. So that's something to bark about, I guess, if you're them. But they're mad that they got blown out by LSU, had to go to the Sugar Bowl again. They didn't show up for that. So all of a sudden, you got to make changes, and so. I think with Georgia, you're going to start to see them think outside of the box with some of this stuff with their coaching staff in an attempt to bridge the gap and get over the hump. Because there's really, you know, the, the, what do you do to, to travel that small of a distance? It's like goal line offense. Uh, we around Gamecock Nation have seen red zone and goal line offense be the, the bane of a, a unit's existence. 
uh, over the years. You know, it's just like, wow, how do you do this? How do you get creative? Um, so you can punch it on through the end zone. And, and I think that's what Georgia's doing right now. Um, anyway, I just wanted to touch on that. Gamecocks play Georgia every single year. Obviously, Georgia plays Bama next season in the regular seasons. That's going to be interesting. But, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. Scott Cochran, obviously, has been a topic of conversation on South Carolina's message board, uh, thebigspur.com, all that good stuff. So, you know, we'll see. See kind of what happens uh, with that. Um, Tony and I are going to talk a lot of football today. So I'm going to jump off here and, and prepare for that. Uh, Gamecock football, lots of coaching off-season moves uh, that we're going to talk about. First day of spring practice today, we have a Taekwon Johnson sighting uh, per John Del Bianco. We'll get into that because you know, a lot of people are like, why'd you spend two scholarships on him? Well, I don't, you know, maybe we'll find out. Gamecocks need receivers. I don't care who it is. You know, I, I really I could care less who it is, uh, you know, so we'll see, you know, if, if if that's, you know, what the deal is there, because obviously we got a report today. He's changed his body. He looks bigger, stronger. Good. Good. Um, you know, so we'll get we'll, we'll talk about all that. Talk about the new staff. Got about five different topics are going to throw at you. Football related on the Football Insider episode of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. All right. Be sure to continue to subscribe to this podcast using Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, which used to be iTunes. They call it Apple Podcasts now. And um, and all that, you know, keep on rocking. Enjoy the enjoy the basketball game tonight because, you know, Gamecocks need to win. Um, so that would be a, uh, a good one and would continue to kind of keep hope alive for the NCAA tournament. All right, this is J.C. Sherbert. This has been the Inside the Gamecocks Daily Report. We'll be back with Football Insider later this afternoon. Have a great Wednesday, everyone.